Hey guys, if you're listening to this podcast because you want to learn more and expand your horizons, you're on the right place with the right person. You're listening to the Fashion Photography Podcast and I believe you already know that my name is Virginia Antiba. It's Wednesday, so I'm here with a guest photographer. But today's guest is not just a photographer. He's a television writer, director and producer. In addition to all that, Martin is also a food lover. Let me tell you about some of the highlights from today's conversation. We're going to talk about friendship, what's common between cinema and fashion photography, how to go out from your comfort zone in order to have your unique style, and also something very interesting, the difference between fashion and commercial photography. I believe it all sounds very teasing for you. So let me start with the explanation and start with the conversation. I'm Martin Kunert, um, and I'm originally from Poland, and my mother took me to the States when I was a kid. I grew up on the East Coast, went to NYU's uh, or New York University's film school, came out to Los Angeles to make movies and TV shows, and that's what I was, was have been doing for a long time. I've done feature films, documentaries, reality shows, the whole thing. And about four years ago, I got really burnt out on Hollywood and filmmaking and went through a breakup with a long-term relationship at the same time, so decided to reset my life, moved out of the house, um, came into what's known as the Arts District in Los Angeles. A friend of mine talked me into picking up a still camera, and so I tried photography for the first time and fell in love with fashion photography, and that took off. And so I started shooting uh, campaigns and editorials and stuff like that. And then about uh, eight months ago, Disney came calling and um, gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I am back into uh, making movies. So now photography is kind of like a side activity. Well, that was short review of a whole life. Thank you for this. Sure. Well, um, Disney was looking for you, not you yes. for them. No, because I was uh, busy dealing with uh, photography and an executive that I've done projects in the past for HBO and stuff like that, um, had a project, which was a co-production between Disney and the Chinese government. Um, and he got in touch with my filmmaking partner, Eric Manis, and I. And we got together, and, and we saw together that was something we could do that's really cool. And he said, give it a shot. And so we did, and we sold them on it. We sold uh, their Chinese partners on it, and then we, you know, now we're doing it. How did you find this partner? Oh, my filmmaking partner, Eric, we met mm -hmm. at the same fraternity at NYU. We're uh, fraternity brothers. I don't know if you're familiar from where you are, what fraternities are in America. No. When you go to college in America, a lot of colleges have uh, these, you might call them clubs, mm -hmm. uh, and they're based on the Greek system. Uh, they all have Greek names, and you spend half a year or a year pledging, which means doing all sorts of crazy things to get in. And once you get in, you become a brother and a member for life, and you share lots of secrets. And uh, it's a very tightly knit social thing. Uh, women have similar type of organizations. They're called sororities. And if you watch American movies about colleges, you, you usually run across yeah. them. Yeah. Brothers for life. That's true. Especially yeah. in your case. Right. Right. It, it does work. I keep in touch with a lot of my fraternity brothers from uh, NYU. It's very interesting. I mean, you know, you can travel across the country um, if you're in a fraternity and go to your fraternity and different colleges show up at the front door and say, hey, I need a place to stay. And I go, okay, come right in. <laughs> and they give you a bed and let you crash out and you're an instant friends. I suppose that's the easy part. But how did you 
find your way in this business because it's very crowded and we all know this. Well, which business are you referring to? The film business or the photography Yeah, because business? I know you started first as filming and then photography, mm -hmm. which is very, very weird. Usually it's exactly the opposite. First you start with the still image and then you, you just got curious. Right. Um, <laughs> well, because I was never really into photography because most photography I really dislike. Uh, I mean, a picture of a bridge, a picture of the landscape, yeah. etc. To me, it's like, yeah, okay, you know. To me, I find far more interesting if somebody does a painting and does their own interpretation. And I got into filmmaking because it combines not only visuals, but it's also emotions and storytelling and music and um, deep thoughts. And films can last forever while photographs are really ephemeral and they disappear. Um, But the thing about filmmaking is that filmmaking takes a tremendous amount of time. It, if it's not years, then it's at least a year to get something done. And uh, the way my friend convinced me to try uh, photography it was that he pointed out that photography is instantaneous. It's instant gratification. Um, and that's what's really fun for me is because I can shoot an editorial and uh, you know, a month or two later it's out in the world. And printed in a magazine, and that's great because if I start a movie, it might not be out in the theaters or on TV for a year or two down the line. Yeah, you you're not that patient. <laughs> um, But, depends on what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you like cooking, because I'm I'm not really like you. I I like uh, seeing all the stuff that I do. Yeah, very very quickly. But for example, I love food, but I cannot cook. Mm -hmm. Well, I could not cook for most of my life either. Yeah. I was I was a total disaster. I used to joke to people <laughs> that I would like burn water in a kitchen. Oh, uh, so this whole thing. Yeah, me but too. I was a total wreck. Yeah. Well, what I did is um, I went to a French restaurant in my neighborhood. Um, where there's this three star Michelin chef called um, whose name is Tony Snolt, and he's from Paris. Mm -hmm. And I told him the story of how I've been trying to learn cooking my entire life. And it's been a complete disaster, and he was laughing through the story. And so he said, well, why don't you do a stage, which is a French version um, of an internship. internship. And so I, yeah. Right. And so I started you know, coming to the restaurant on Saturday afternoons, and while he was figuring out what new dishes to make, I was watching and started helping out and learning, and that's how I learned how to cook. I'm sorry, uh, I have to say sorry to our audience because I'm asking about cooking and uh, directing and it's weird because it's the fashion photography podcast but this is uh, a passion and I believe also the photography is a passion and well, you're, you're a guest that I feel that I can just talk to you about this mm -hmm. and I love it. Well, it's it. all creativity. Yeah, <laughs> because you have a hobby. I think that's very mm -hmm. interesting because for most of the people, photography is a hobby. But it's a very mm -hmm. good question what photographers do in their spare time. You know, I don't know because I don't know that many photographers. You know, I know a lot of filmmakers mm -hmm, uh, and I know what they do in their spare time and lots of them do photography in their spare time. But I think, you know, the photographers who I met are usually doing, trying to do things which are the exact opposite. Like trying to get away from the camera or trying to get away from uh, the computer in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. Which I happen to love Photoshop, but you know. Really? That was go. my next question. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder when it comes to my images. <laughs> and I have no problem spending hours on fixing one image. 
And you love to do it by yourself. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't let anybody else mess with my images. Yeah. That's the other big difference about photography and filmmaking is that filmmaking is an extremely collaborative art form where you have a, potentially hundreds of extremely talented people contributing to what you're doing. Photography is all you. And that means it's all your control and you get exactly what you want. But also if you screw up, it's all your fault. That's very interesting because most of the people think that, uh, especially the fashion photography field, is actually a teamwork. It is a teamwork in a sense of you have the stylist and you have hair and you have makeup, etc., etc. That is true. But ultimately, that image belongs to you. Like, you know, the hair might be bad, but if the lighting or if the skin is bad or whatever, it's it's your fault. Yeah, true. How did you um, started at first with the Photoshop? I sort of knew the basics of image manipulation because I know it from mm -hmm. filmmaking, like CGI. Yeah. But, Photoshop, right, but Photoshop itself, I just started learning by going on to lynda.com and Retouch uh, Pro um, is a website. And I just started doing the tutorials and uh, reading what other people are doing and experimenting. You started with a fashion photography later, so it means that you've been good with the lightning. <clears throat> I am because I think I come from lighting from um, a filmmaker's perspective. Mm -hmm. From what I've seen uh, so far, as photographers tend to obsess with lots of lights, lots of soft boxes, and uh, things like that, versus in filmmaking... You really don't, you can't handle light the same way because you just need so much more light and on a constant basis because you're doing 24 photographs per second basically um, and people are moving around. So filmmakers would like point a light at a wall and bounce a light off a wall and make a whole wall a softbox or you bounce light off a ceiling and make that kind of a gentle fill. So my, I guess my lighting um, is much of an approach of just show up and just use the environment which is the filmmaking approach. And therefore, lighting for me was a lot easier. Like, I, at most, I ever use is uh, two strobes. Usually, I just bounce them off the ceiling anyway. 99% of cinema lighting is what's called three-point three lighting, where you have three lights, uh, what they call a fill, a, um, a key, and a uh, kicker. And so as long as you do those three things, you're pretty much most of the way there to creating a cinematic feel. Yeah, it's very obvious when a person see your images that they're quite different from from your cinema approach. Well, thanks. It's also because I kind of wing it and then hope that I can save my ass on Photoshop. So if something <laughs> goes wrong, that's where Photoshop comes in really easy. I mean, really handy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever uh, saved a, a paid work like this? No, because the way I function is I use testing to really go out on a limb and try things which I've never done before. And in a paid situation, I only work within my comfort zone that I know I'm going to be able to nail perfectly. Mm -hmm. And so I don't take risks in uh, paid work. I only take risks in tests because then, you know, if the test doesn't work out, who's going to complain to you? The agency and the model and, you know, that's okay. Yeah, True. And another great advice. <laughs> uh, what's the most valuable lesson, uh, life lesson, you've ever learned by a mistake? Depends on the situation. 
if there's, you know, if you talk to people and they and they agree with you that they want a specific result and that's all they want, then yeah, you have to work with, within your comfort zone. But there are other situations where people really want to do something remarkable and different. And then you sit down with them saying, okay, well, we can try to go for something really extraordinary, really stand out. But to do that, you risk failure. And if you're comfortable with risking failure, then you also have the potential of doing something extraordinary. But if you're not comfortable with risking failure, then by definition, you're going to do something average. And another word for average is mediocre. So it all depends what people want you know, that you're working with. And I've done projects where uh, we played it safe and everybody was expecting something great and they come up with something that just feels safe. And you go, okay, well, it's safe. And other times uh, we went for something where uh, people, everybody thought it was going to be absolute failure because we really tried something so extraordinarily crazy. And it came back and it was uh, blew people's expectations and affected the business and, and changed like genres of filmmaking because it was so out there that nobody did it before. What do you think that makes your work unique? Because there are so many people out there on this market. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I think it's very hard, you know, for people to judge their own work. Yeah, it's true. It's very, very hard. But I suppose some people have told you why they chose you instead of someone else. It always varies, you know. But the difficulty is, is that, you know, if you always wear rose-colored glasses, the whole world always looks red to you and that's all you see. Um, but yet other people will tell you, well, you know, all your images have this kind of a red look to them and that's your style. <laughs> so I can't, you know, it, it intrinsically, it's hard for me to judge what is my style and what people find attractive. I'm just happy that they do, you know, whenever people say, Hey, nice things about me. I love it. You know, and then when they don't, I get really insecure and unhappy. <laughs> it's a basic human reaction. Yeah, of course. Um, I was wondering If there's something you oh, wait, wish... Wait, 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 wait. Mm. I, I think maybe what might help to answer you is that um, in Los Angeles, L.A. has its own type of style, which is much more of a beachy, sunny, stuff like that. And yeah. the way I shoot much more European uh, because I fantasize about Vogue Italia, not about, you know, California beaches when it comes to fashion photography. I guess that's the difference. Yeah. It's very obvious, Sam. Um, I must admit that when you said I, sh I should be the judger, uh, that's exactly what I thought. You have this so European thinking. It's very, very obvious. And I love it because it's very deep. Well, thank you. I think that it's very deep. Maybe because I'm in Europe. Maybe I'm not that deep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, is that something that you're trying to do or is it just who you are. I think it's more who I am. I think ultimately in photography, um, the thing that I always told is that the most su successful photographers in the world, you can look at a photograph of theirs without having seen it before and you can recognize it as their image. Like you can look at a Herbert's photograph and go, wow, that looks like Herbert's. Mm -hmm. Or um, Peter Lindbergh, you can go, wow, that looks like a Peter Lindbergh image. Or a Paolo Versi, well, that looks like a Paolo Versi. Mm -hmm. Um, and they all develop their own style and their own style comes out of them. Um, it doesn't come out of following somebody else. And so ultimately, uh, digging something out of yourself is what makes you unique and stand out versus, you know, following the pack. Yeah. But I don't think that's, um, something that they've been trying to do. That's a good question. Have they been trying that or 
kind of is it inescapable? Because on the flip side, by not doing what everybody else does, is you're not following the fashion, you're not becoming like, hey, we need a photographer to shoot this and this type of a look. You're not that guy. You're out on your own little world, and people either love it or they think that you're a total joke. You're a person of many new ideas. I know about some of your movies and how did you manage to make them? Uh, for example, all the cameras that you sent to Iraq. Mm -hmm. And you made a movie from. And I was wondering about those ideas. Are they all yours? Mm -hmm. And uh, can you tell me more about this? I'm very, very interested. Well, that idea um, came from that Eric and I made a TV show for MTV a couple of years before that called MTV Fear, where um, we basically created the first like scary supernatural reality show yeah. uh, where, where we gave people, you know, six contestants their own cameras and sent them into a haunted place and had a computer telling them what to do and they would film their own experience. And that was like one of those projects where uh, once MTV bought it, They, when we went to production, they thought all the executive thoughts that were crazy and we're gonna be a total train wreck and get destroyed. And when we succeeded, it became really innovative and um, basically created the standard for all scary reality shows True. and supernatural reality shows since. That show dealt with people uh, filming their own experiences. Um, and then in the middle of the Iraq war, um, I was sitting around uh, with Eric and we're watching the news coming in and seeing all these journalists in flak jackets surrounded by tanks, you know, putting their microphones to little Iraqi children, asking them questions. And the kid is terrified of everything around him. And I realized there's just no way to get an accurate story or um, response out of the Iraqis to see what they're going through by doing using um, film crews. So that's when we just adapted the techniques and the tricks that we learned from uh, the, the reality show and sent the cameras to Iraq. So that's where that idea came from. This reminds me very much of Anna Leibovitz. I'm so sorry for this, but that's the truth. Sure. Because uh, she had this um, time and period in her life when she was so stuck in uh, her fashion photography career. And, and then Susan Zontag actually told her to go to a war zone. And then mm -hmm. she remembered about every single thing in the world that you're not looking at when you're in the fashion industry. And mm -hmm. I was wondering, because I cannot ask Annie, unfortunately, but I can ask you, uh, what's the, it's a very big jump. How did you felt from a war zone to fashion photography? Well, because there's many years separating them, first of all. And I made a documentary when I was doing nothing else but film and I never did any photography. I didn't even use a camera or own a camera. Yeah. And the photography came out many years later. And then it just became purely uh, try to create the coolest visual one can. I'm, I'm you know, sure. Because to, well, because maybe another way to look at it is that to me, the history of European art is the history of creating beauty on a two-dimensional surface. And the most beautiful thing that you can represent on a, on a two-dimensional surface is a beautiful woman. <laughs> and, and so 3,000 years of, um, of European artistry has been spent on trying to do that better and better and better and better. And that ended sort of in um, at the beginning of the 20th century when photography was created because painting went off into modern art and non-representational, uh, you know, visuals. 
and the whole aesthetic that Europe created over 3,000 years then shifted into fashion photography. And if you look at the paintings of the late uh, 19th century and you look at fashion photography, particularly out of Europe, you end up seeing that it's the same thing. Um, if you look at you know, the Mona Lisa, it's to me no co coincidence that she looks like a Vogue cover. It's the same close composition. It's the same way images are arranged and, and often to look. Um, if you look at the paintings of the 19th century, you, you see that women are represented as being very pale, as being almost white, like porcelain yeah. statues. And in so much of fashion photography, w women are made to look white and pale and porcelain. You know, to me, that's all a direct connection. And so for me, what's beautiful about the best of fashion photography is that it reflects back into that um, very old classic European uh, aesthetic of creating beauty. Do you think there is a difference when uh, a man shoots a woman and if another woman shoots a woman? Do you think the, the result is different? I mean, of course it's different when there are two people, but if you're a man, do you put something else in this photograph? all depends on which part of fashion photography you're talking about. If you're talking about the fashion, more of uh, the sexy fashion, then there probably is a difference in that um, a man would probably put in much more of a heterosexual connection uh, between the model and himself, while a woman might create a more of a softer sexual uh, connection. But for most of fashion photography, I don't think there is that much of a difference because ultimately it's about, um, you know, one of the differences between fashion photography and like commercial photography is that commercial photography is about representing the world as it is. You know, if you see in a commercial photograph a girl running across a beach and she's happy, then you go, oh, wow, you know, I could be her, I could be with her, I could be on a beach. Fashion is about creating a, a fantasy, uh, something that's unreachable, an aspiration. So if you look like at, at a Prada ad, you may, uh, you may feel I will never be that model, I will never be that environment, but even though I want to be her so much, but maybe if I buy the handbag that she's holding, I can feel a little bit of what she's feeling. Um, and therefore that dream feel, that aspirational, that you know, non-reality is something that both men and women can create. I was wondering if there is an accomplishment in your life that you're really, really proud of. The, when that doc documentary about Iraq uh, came out into theaters, a couple months later, the Academy of Motion, uh, the Motion Picture Academy of Arts and Sciences, basically the academy that gives out the Oscars, mm -hmm. contacted us and said, Ooh. we want to take a print of your film and store it in our vault where we preserve all historic making movies. And so now my movie is being stored in the same vault as like Casablanca, Citizen Kane, you know, Raging Bull and all those type of movies. So I think that's really cool. God, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's certainly, you know, a neat thing as a filmmaker to have. Yeah, that's a, a really... Doesn't translate to money, unfortunately, but it's really cool creatively. <laughs> yeah, it's not always about the money. Uh, no. That's a, that's a good a topic, I think. Were you tempted about the, from, from the money when you started doing fashion photography? Not so much because the amount of money that's in yeah. fashion photography, <laughs> the amount of money that is in filmmaking is so different. That's exactly what and, I thought. You know, and since I make movies, then certainly I do photography more for the love of it and the passion. You know, like I am shooting a campaign and I told the company... Um, I'm 
gambling on a company that's really startup. And I said, look, I'll shoot this stuff for free, but take the money that you would have paid me and stick it into getting a better model so we get better images. Because hmm. it's less for me about making money off of them than to do something really extraordinary. Wow, that's very generous and true because your work is going to look better in the end. Exactly. Yeah. Is exactly. There, is there something that you're not doing and in, in your work and you wish you were? Yeah, Vogue Italia. I wish I was oh. doing Vogue Italia and I'm not doing Vogue Italia and that's very upsetting. <laughs> yeah, it is. She contacted me and bitched them about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Very upsetting. Well, I wish you... To do it as, as soon as you can. Well, thanks. Me too. <laughs> Why won't they call me back? Is there something that you're very excited about your life right now? I love shooting whenever I get to shoot uh, with different models. That's always exciting. And um, this big movie for Disney, which is very exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all good so far. Knock on wood. Yeah. Do you like shooting new models, new faces? Not often. Because the level that, that I try to shoot at is you need some, like, a lot of people think modeling is, oh, you just take a pretty girl on sticker in front of the camera. And, it, and it's really not. Like, a good model is paid more for her skills and for how she knows how to function in front of the camera than it is for how she actually physically looks. Um, and with the type of stuff that I try to shoot really is dependent on a professional who knows how to work herself and how to move and how to give that look in the eye and all these different subtle tiny elements which makes a great image and new faces isn't that and it's you know since I have I very limited time it's very hard for me to dedicate and try to train a girl while I'm actually shooting her but if I run across somebody extraordinary you know why not give it a shot but it's not certainly not my normal preference knowing your main uh, goal in your life I was wondering if you direct your models very much It's yes in one way and, and no in other ways because part of what's fun is it's uh, it's like a dance. You know, it's inspiring them to do something versus, you know, just being stiff. Yeah, sounds great. A dance. You know, you know most, yeah, most models know how to do through the catalog of moves. And so mm -hmm. it's really trying to empower them to explore their own creativity and for them to take risks to be extraordinary in their own ways and then when when I'm taking risks and they're taking risks that's when hopefully you come up with great images and the ones that suck you hide and nobody ever sees yeah. we are talking a lot about uh, European art and I was wondering if there is uh, something that inspires you it's not supposed to be your answer is not supposed to be related to Euro to the European art but um, I was wondering what what inspires you In photography? Yeah. I hate to sound like a broken record, but Bogotá, yeah? <laughs> um, the great photographers like, you know, Paolo Versi, Peter Lindbergh, uh, Nick Knight, who's just my jaw drops when I see their work, and it makes me feel very insecure about my own work when I look at theirs. Then the great painters of Europe, you know, like Caravaggio. I love Caravaggio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, how about the directing? You said about oh, photography, yeah, so I suppose well, there directly. is a difference. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's actually a dramatic difference because mm. uh, visuals is really on like the first, third or fourth place in what's important in filmmaking. Uh, and in photography and in fashion, it's, it's number one. But like in filmmaking, you can see a film that looks like junk, 
But if the characters are great, if the emotions are great and makes you cry, makes you laugh, and then you go home thinking about it, it's a great movie. But if you have a movie which looks beautiful and you sit there bored like looking at the ceiling in a movie theater, it's a terrible movie. The movies are not about the visuals. They're about the storytelling. And to me, the great directors are the ones who tell great stories like uh, Spielberg does. Um, Tony's, uh, well, Tony Scott, Ridley Scott, Kubrick, you know, those guys are awesome. Billy Wilder, you know, the list is long, long, long of people who I admire. I'm sure. Do you know one of them? At least one of them? personally i wish i could say yes but i cannot yeah i cannot say yes well i've met them but i don't really know them like i know lots of people in hollywood but unfortunately not them they would probably find me a pest asking them too many questions <laughs> okay i i wish you um all the best and i must say thank you for this half an hour of smiling yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it was fun you're great to talk to and your accent is great oh i hope you can understand me <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Thank you very much for this, Martin. Sure, It was my, my pleasure. Honor. Yeah, thank you. Well, I enjoyed it tremendously. Our community is constantly growing. You can be part of it on Facebook and Google+. Both of the groups are called the Fashion Photography Podcast. Don't forget that on NeverlandMag.com you can find published some of the photographs of Martens. Our friends from the magazine are also accepting submissions, so don't miss your chance and check out NeverlandMag.com. <laughs> <laughs>